Welcome to Off the Deck. This is game number 42. On the tee, Ben Swanton. On the tee, Ryan Key. Welcome to the Off The Deck Golf Podcast with me, Ryan Keeney, and my co-host, Ben Swanton. Hi, Ben. Hey, Ryan. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, we missed uh, the last couple of weeks. So two weeks ago was sort of a, a scheduled break where we just had uh, real-life stuff going on. Uh, it was just after the Masters, and we thought we'd just be uh, done tools for a week and, and have a bit of a breather. And then, unfortunately, last week I had um, a virus. Not not coronavirus, although there were 18 hours of of worrying um, of where I'd picked it up and, and who I might have given it to while asymptomatic. But yeah, just I was uh, beaten and broken by a, a virus in my throat and all over my body. So um, we're back now. Uh, we've got a lot of golf to recap. Uh, how have you been? Yeah, good. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, good. I was I was concerned when you went off the grid. I thought those, uh, you know, with your knee, knee coming yeah. back to glory, you'd, you'd over push yourself for those couple of rounds in a couple of days. No, I, I shot a nice, nice cool one hundred in my uh, first medal at my new club. So, um, it's come. It, it's it's added a stroke to my index, my world handicap score, because I've only got six, I think, counting scores over the last couple of years. Okay, um, but yeah, really positive. I, ju- I I think this is the thing I'm really excited about my my world handicap score. It's going to reflect my handicap within the next kind of three months. I will have more opportunities to play with other people with handicaps and whereas previously having to wait for like Stableford comps and medals on Saturdays can I just do it any point in the week so it's it's so um, good I, I've got to say I'm a real fan of it so I I'm a bit like you I, I I didn't always play all the comps at the home course but I played away quite a lot with buddies and, and yeah. obviously we're part of a bigger golf society where we play a lot um away and, and now you can just enter your score on the england golf app and you know as long as your buddy's using the england golf um, app as well and it's all legit and it affects your handicap accordingly and um i think it's a it i, I really like it because it's a true reflection I, I sort of got into a couple of conversations over twitter uh, as good a conversation as people can have over twitter with people going oh i don't like the new whs you know it's it's sort of sullied you know the getting to scratch and i'm like well no, it, it hasn't really, because if you if you get to scratch, that means you're playing decent golf. Your last twenty rounds, which is a you know good barometer of golf, you are playing to a scratch handicap. Um, and if you go up because you're playing badly, then your scores, you know, and your handicap is reflected accordingly. So, I I, I, I quite like it. Um, I like the ease yeah. with which you can do it. I know it's a bit confusing, and it's going to take a bit of time for us all to get used to it. And I'm not, I will say, I'm not looking forward to um, the eight million questions i'm going to be getting from members about how you know shot allowances forget for foursomes and greensomes oh yeah four balls yeah, that, yeah. that is coming as our, our knockout yeah. tournaments have just been uh have just been done but um other than that I'm, I'm i'm a big fan of it yeah i've i've played a couple of single knockouts and and that was fine because that's just full handicap allowance and, and go with the difference but yeah we we were playing even in the medal and it's like right so you take your course handicap but 95 percent of that is your playing handicap yeah. And I was like, right, well, I'm off. I get sick, so 
95% of six are still six, so that's fine. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. well, let's carry on. Let's yeah. get out of here. So, well, but, yeah, to, be on, to be honest, I'm quite glad that being a single-figure handicapper, I'm five at the minute, 5.4, I think I am today. So it, it really doesn't affect me, whatever format I play for the most part. Um, it's pretty much between like 80, I think 85 and 90% of my handicap world. That's still, yeah. I'm still the same amount of shots. It, it doesn't change, which is quite fortunate. But uh, yeah, for those yeah, um, well, mid and higher handicappers, it must be. <laughs> so it becomes a mathematician. Yeah. Those of us in the high teens, it can be anywhere from one to three. Um, and then it depends if you're the lower or the higher handicap in your pairing. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about the, the WHS um, as, as much as we enjoy it. We're going to recap kind of the, the last two weeks on the, the three main tours, the LPGA, the European Tour and the, the PGA Tour. Um, we'll start, I think, with the Zurich Classic because it was a, a team event and something a little bit different. And it always, it's always one of those weeks where maybe it's just the, the social media bubble I live in and uh, or the people that I talk to. Everybody gets quite excited um, about the idea of team golf and and seeing these pairings and it i think it helped that the 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 winning pair or the winning two in the playoff were both national teams and you know the south africans of louis Eustace and and charles Schwartzel up against the australians of mark leishman and cameron smith that added a, a little bit to it a little bit of an international flavor um, and it was kind of fun yeah yeah i've got to say i, I liked it there was some really it was quite interesting in the run-up to it um just how random some of the groups were. Mm. You know, we had Billy Horschel and Sam Burns and Akshay Batir and uh, was it Scott Piercy? I want to say. I yeah. think I remember. Yeah, yeah. So there was some just like totally random people and and Scotty Scheffler playing with Bubba Watson and was asked after his round, "How do you guys get together?" And he basically said, "Bubba asked about eight or nine people who went." We all said no, and then he asked me, and I had to think about it for a few days, and then came back and said yes. Yeah. So it's kind of like. I was mulling over the fact whether I could be bothered to uh, to do it or not with him, uh, but in the end I decided, yeah, why not? Uh, so I, I quite like that um, element to it. But uh, yeah, I mean, Leish, Leishman um, and Smith just played very very well. Them, they uh, short game. I mean, they they did put themselves in some really horrific positions on on Sunday um, and over the last like half a dozen holes. They did well to force a playoff, and I think it was was it Louis. On the playoff hole, just dumped it in the water. Yeah, it's like a, a million yeah. miles right, waving yeah. the white flag. So, um, yeah, I, I've got to say I enjoy it. It's interesting, just a slightly different format. Um, but I think it's it's really you know as all, always in these sorts of things, one in the foursomes, isn't it? The four balls just, you know, everybody going crazy low. Um, foursomes is where it was. That was a differentiator I, between everybody. Yeah, I don't well. A little bit. So yeah, the like Leishman and Smith and Ustinov also both they shot sixty three on both four ball days. So they yeah. you know they went they went really low. I think that's. But then, I think it was. Uh, I'm just looking down through. Yeah. So uh, Richie Warinsky and and Peter Ulein who finished third. They shot. Um, they only shot sixty eight in their, their third round. So in the the second four ball, um, but they shot. They were sixty nine, sixty seven in the foursomes, which. Is pretty nifty. A five under foursome score is uh, group. You know Super. that's um, pretty pretty good. So yeah, I think it, you have to go like outrageously low. I think in the four balls to to really make a dent. Like a, anywhere between sixty three and sixty seven, you know, is is to be expected. Um, and there were yeah you know, there were teams that shot 
66 not making the cut because of a, a pretty poor foursome score yeah. so yeah that that's kind of the the element to it but yeah it, it foursomes it's foursomes is a par is a good score um which is always nice. oh yeah i mean of the, the there were only about three rounds i think of the whole week three or four rounds over the whole week they're in the 60s in the foursomes and Yulina hmm. Varensky got two and a champ and female got shot 68 in the first foursomes round and then absolutely pooped the bed shooting a four over uh, 76 in the final round because it did look as if all the talk on Twitter was does if if female wins does this yeah. count as his second win or not um, but yeah look I mean it's a good it's a good event it's just I think when you've had the Masters and it was the RBC Heritage wasn't it the week after which Stuart yeah. Sink won that and um, that was a, it was a bit of a damp squid the RBC Heritage didn't quite have the juice um, it's just nice to have a different format because I think you know these last couple of weeks like even the bow spot this past weekend it's it just you just sort of feel like you're gearing yourself up for the next major and you're not really that invested in what's going on whereas you can sort of get invested in you know, Australia, you know, Australia and South Africa and there was a couple of English English teams or European yeah. teams and Willett and Hatton and Peters and Thomas uh, Tom yeah, Lewis I agree I don't yeah I, I, I think there's I think the week after a major I can see some of the players wanting a, a pretty standard stroke play event like the, the RBC Heritage and for that reason is just a good one for them to kind of if they've you know peaked a little too late they can roll into the next week and, and maybe win but yeah kind of two weeks out from a major and with I think there's still I mean even now there's still two weeks until the PGA Championship just something different like pairing guys up or knockouts or something along those lines just giving out something different it's still golf it's still you know hitting a little white ball around the field but um just that that little bit a little bit extra um and at the at the valsmar um on the pga tour in the last week sam burns made sure that you know bad guy keegan bradley didn't win again the pga tour um shooting a 68 on on sunday to win i think win for the first time in the pga tour yeah it was he seems to have kind of not necessarily been knocking on the door, but he feels like one of those young guys that, that a lot of people have, have been relatively excited about um, for a little while. I mean, he's not going to end up being like 27 or 28. No, he's not. He's 24, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, look, I mean, he, he was very close um, at the Genesis. Yeah. Uh, he ended up finishing third, having, I think he was, was he wire to wire? Uh, yeah, I think he was leader off uh, of Oh, he know. was leading on Sunday, and uh, Holt Max beat him, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, I think at the end of the day, it was uh, he. He was kind of been a stud. I think he's been seen as a stud, um, amateur golfer, and I think he's he's just been extremely solid for a little while now. Uh, so I think it was it's a good win, good win for him, um, and he just dominated down the stretch. I saw at one point. On the par fives, I, I didn't see him the last par five, so I don't. I sort of switched off when he, he suddenly had a three shot lead with sort of three holes to go, and I thought, well, that's that done. Um, I think he played the par fives 15 under for the week, so that, that'll get it done. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll do all right. Yeah, and, and Keegan, I, I saw some sort of stat, apparently, he didn't like hold a putt outside of 10 feet or something at some stage. Same as Justin Thomas, just really struggled on the green. I mean, that's his. That's his issue anyway. T to green, he's excellent, but on the green, he's he's a liability, and I think that's what uh, that's what cost him this uh, this past week. Um, but yes, it was always good to see 
young guy's doing well. He looks like a very, you know, confident, self-assured young man. I'm sure he'll be um, one to hang around a little bit. A couple of victories here and there, no doubt, over the future. So fair play to him. Yeah, he looks. Yeah, he looks pretty, de- pretty certain of a dependable PGA Tour career. Yeah, just yeah. reading. Yeah, born in. Yeah, born in Louisiana. Went to Louisiana State University. As an amateur. Um, on Justin Thomas. Yeah, he led the field. Uh, Strokes gained off the tee. Strokes gained approach. Strokes gained tee to green. Uh, it was sixty seventh in putting. Uh, he was, which is, I mean, he, why he was ten shots back. He played an. Um, I think it was the eighteenth. Uh, his last hole. Uh, he hit an unbelievable approach shot that hit the flag and probably fell to maybe sort of four feet, maybe three, three and a half, four feet, something like that. And um, his putt barely touched the right edge of the hole and ended up being about seven feet away. And yeah. I held it coming back, but it was just like, I mean, it was jarring how bad that putt was. Um, yeah. But apparently that had been what he'd been like all week. He's yeah. interesting at the minute because he sort of, all of a sudden seems more vulnerable to me. Um, I don't know whether it's since all the the hullabaloo earlier in the year with the um, the slur, the homophobic slur. yeah, the homophobic yeah. slur that he that he came out with. But he just he just seems. I know we obviously won the the uh, the players, but I mean even then with that roping hook on eighteen, he was sort of fortunate. I didn't go in the water. I, I, there's little something about him just doesn't quite seem quite right. But at the end of the day, if he's hitting hitting fairways and greens, that's going to put him in a a lot of contention. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I almost, I saw because he tried that roping hook at Augusta and it didn't come off, and you kind That's of, right. kind of feel like that roping hook not ending up in the water at the players has meant that he's now going to try and use it, and it's just, it's not, it's not a dependable type of shot. No, um, for somebody to be thinking about, just, not long term, no way. No, no, get it, get it out there, and, and kind of move on. Yeah. Uh, before we move away from the PGA Tour, I um, wanted to pick your brain on the player impact program. <laughs> uh, hashtag PIP. Yeah. Um, so the PGA Tour, um, and you know, this could be a coincidence that Roy McIlroy has recently moved into role as kind of chairman of the, the Players' Council and, and was obviously keen for PGA Tour to start basically figuring out a way to pay their, their big names. Um, they've, they've set aside a fund for $40 million dollars um, for I guess the the biggest names in golf, um, for the players that are judged on their influence off the course, um, rather than than tournament results. So you've you've broken down, um, some of the the, the categories for it, but with the most valuable player, I think be getting eight million dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but basically they've uh, found a convoluted way of spending forty million to their to the top guys to stop them from going to the PGR by the sounds of things. That's the, the skeptics. And they've come up with three three main criteria is going to be based on. I think it's four, but I've, I've, I've read a couple of different articles. But the three I could see. So what the first one is the MVP index. And this ma- measures somehow the value of engagement on social and digital channels. Um, the MVP index was incidentally um, put together by Jordan Spieth's father's company. So um, make into that what you will. Um, uh, so that's the, the value of the engagement on social and digital channels. I'm not really sure how you measure that. Um, so that's quite interesting. And again, I mean, it's the, the interesting thing here is it's like the sort of the data you get. I don't think we'll ever know. Uh, the PGA Tour probably keep it under wraps. The next one is, is a more well-known thing, but again, it looks like quite difficult to value, but it's the Nielsen brand exposure rating. 
effectively it values the length of time a player is exposed on coverage, uh, whether that's TV coverage, adverts, etc., um, Google searching, and what that is potentially worth to sponsors. Um, so Nielsen's obviously been around a fair while, so that sort of feels a bit more tangible. And then the final one is the Q rating, which is the familiarity and appeal of their brand. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, I don't know how you quantify that, um, but I love the fact that I, I, I kept underlining the word appeal of their brand <clears throat> um, because it sort of feels like it's if you're like Billy Horschel or <laughs> or uh, Patrick Reed, whereby you're perhaps a little bit more of a villain on the tour, um, you maybe get social media or exposure for, for maybe some of the wrong reasons, but you're still exposing your brand. But that's that's not a positive appeal. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, look, it's a way to get the top guys more money. Are they underpaid? Um, arguably, they are compared to other sports. Um, this keeps them happy, I suppose. Um, seems a bit... I don't know. The metrics are going to change, isn't it? It's going to be a bit like the FedEx Cup, to be quite honest. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think I would... I, I, I like the idea of giving the players more money, and I, I'm a big fan of that. I always hark back to the fact that Tiger Woods has earned less than three tennis players from on course. So his on course earnings are less than Djokovic, Nadal, and, and Federer. And all four are greats of their games, but that doesn't quite seem right given the the millions of. like the, It feels like the prize funds at golf tournaments week by week are. Are higher than they would be on the ATP tour, so it feels like golf needs a way of getting more money into the pockets of the big names, and and this is a, a way of doing it. When you the rankings for twenty nineteen had Tiger Woods and McElroy and Mickelson and Filer and Spieth and DJ and Justin Thomas in the top ten, so you know they're the they're the guys that are going to get paid out of this and and get that money. So yeah, that would be good for them. I just. I feel like there's a more honest way of doing it. I feel like, you know, I, I don't want to see the the Dell Computers player impact program standings coming up like yeah. when we get to FedEx Cup season. Well, I think the other thing as well is that in one sense, I think it's good because it's sort of coercing them to engage a little better on social mm. media and other platforms and maybe stop being so monosyllabic or cookie cutter um, when it comes to sort of standard responses and everything else, maybe we'll see a different side to people. The other thing as well, though, is that like some of the nonsense they're putting out there. And, like Justin Thomas was sort of saying, "Oh no, it doesn't mean anything to me," um, and yet, like I mean, he's on Twitter saying he was telling a story on Twitter the other day about his Zurich Zurich experience at a team event a few years ago, and it was like the most boring story I've ever. Seen. I saw the three tweets. It was like a thread. It was like, You've just you told me nothing there, nothing of interest, absolutely nothing. And then he, this last week at Valspar, he's like, no, I'm not concentrating on that. I'm only concentrating on the tournament. It's my golf play that's going to earn me the money, etc. And then the next day, his caddy turns up with, with on his bib. He's got at Justin Thomas 34 or whatever his Twitter handle is instead of his name. Yeah. So I don't know. Look, whatever. Contri- it's, it's a bit contrived. If it gets some better interaction, then great, but yeah, I, I mean, I'd rather any money that, I mean, I'm, I think this is true of any sport at an elite level. I'd rather the players are the ones getting 
paid rather than owners or tournament organizers or tournament officials and that kind of stuff that so if this is a way for the players to get more of the cash that the pga tour has got that's yeah fine. It, i mean it just feels it, uh, do one other thing i will say like for a registered charity which is the pga tour that's what they are <laughs> right? it, it feels a bit like taking the piss to say here's another 40 million get bearing in mind the amount of millions they took out of the charities last year well they didn't take out it sorry the covid situation took out the charities last year mm. um i don't know it just it that that's that's the bit that sort of doesn't sit quite so well it's just like and again i know some of the players do a lot for charities and this probably some of this money will go towards charities no doubt and they charitable endeavors but you know, I don't know. Is there an easier way of doing it? Is there an easy way of distributing money? Golf's such a hard game, though, isn't it? It's such a difficult yeah, game. It, it's, it, you yeah, can't compare it, it to tennis and everything else. Yeah, this this does feel like the simplest way of going. Yeah, yes, we want to we want to make sure that Phil Mickelson still gets paid for yeah. bringing eyes in, even though it's a shame that Phil Mickelson is still the one bringing eyes into golf. Yeah. And nobody else has stepped up. No one's going to watch Martin Trainer, are they? Or no. Richie Wierenski. What yeah, they, but what they might watch is a playoff going to five holes. Um, yeah. Did you did you see the climax of the Austrian Golf Open a couple I, weeks ago? I I saw um, so I saw like the last two or three holes of regular yeah. play. Oh uh, yeah. Then oh, what was I doing? I had to take the dog out. I had to take the dog out for a walk. Um, and then I came back and I was, oh they're still playing. And it was the last hole where Kiefer just kept kept putting in the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I did. I did watch it, and I wasn't expecting to come back and watch it. But yeah, it was a pretty spectacular. The, can we call John Catlin the hottest American golfer in the planet right now? I think he is, isn't he? Three, three world, three, three worldwide wins in the last few months. Um, jumped up, jumped inside the the um, top one hundred in the world golf rankings. Got himself uh, a trip to the PGA Championship this month. Um, uh, he's yeah. been playing his first major. But yeah, so John Catlin won a couple of weeks ago in the fifth playoff hole. It was a par three, which I liked. Like, I, I yeah, I think it, it just added a nice bit of rhythm to it. That yeah, it's it's just firing firing one shot in and then a putt. But I was okay with it. Um, so they parred the first time, parred the second time. Both made pretty impressive birdies. The third time, I think Catlin followed Kiefer in. That's right. Uh, parred it in the fourth, and then Kiefer stuck it in the water three, three times. times yeah. Um, on the fifth time, and and Catlin was able to make a bogey to. To win. In fairness, he was unlucky. The second yeah. or third times, yeah, I, I couldn't believe how far he managed to rip that back. And and he knew it was. I think, yeah, he knew he particularly. I think his his third shot. So after going in the water, he was trying to hold it, so he was yeah. ripping it back to yeah. to hit the flag. Um. So yeah, Catlin won there. Maximilian Kiefer um, followed up his playoff defeat by then finishing second um, at the Grand Canaria Open uh, behind Garrick Eagle. Um, he didn't follow it up with a third second place finish at, at the Tenerife Open just gone but um, yeah another South African winner so after Gary Kegel won I think for the second time in the, the European Tour That's right. in Gran Canaria Dean uh, Burmester shot a final day 62 um, to basically charge past everyone else and finish at 25 under yeah. um, and win again it just yeah uh, Austria looked cold but two two pretty pretty easy more comfortable weeks in Spain yeah players could go out and make birdies and, and just really have a crack at the courses yeah um, looks like yeah well, lots the, of fun for the European Tour well yeah the Canary Islands have got some lovely golf courses but they're not very long 
neither of these courses are very long and and the and so therefore the like the wind would be a you know would have to be a, up quite considerably to make it a very challenging and it just wasn't it was up a little bit but not that much either at the last two weeks so um and deep i mean yesterday i did watch a fair bit yesterday because my buddy adrian Moronk was in the mix a little bit um and uh, Burmester was unbelievable he just didn't miss a shot all day he mm-hmm. was just you know tee to green was unbelievable on the greens he was holding putts so um Good week for Adrian, though. Finished tied for third. Looked like it was going to be tied for second till Von Dellingshausen uh, sunk an eagle on the last to just pip him to second. But um, Adrian needs to go away and work on his putting. Um, he had a, quite a good week in all on, with the putter, but the last seven holes, I mean, he missed certainly three putts he should have made uh, mm. inside of sort of six, six, eight feet. Um, and just... Uh, yeah, he just didn't do very good at all with the putter down down the stretch, which is a shame because he, he looked so comfortable to the green. And they're playing the same course again this week, oh, okay. um, the Costa Adagi. So uh, I forget what the Canary Island Championships this week. So it's exactly the same golf course for all the European Tour boys. So yeah, hopefully he has another good week out there. He, he played okay the week before again at, at Gran Canaria. So I'm, I'm hoping that he's. I think he's just looking more and more comfortable, which is great because. You know, it must be difficult for the likes of him and there's guys on the PGA Tour as well. I suppose Sam Burns falls into that mix on the PGA Tour. Those guys have kind of been, their first season was the COVID season. Their rookie yeah. season was the COVID season. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got the wraparound and you've basically got twice as many, not twice as many, but you've certainly got an extra 25, 30 people fighting for your place uh, more so than you would this year. So you know, results are important, getting them as soon as possible. So I think that result that vaulted him into like top 70 in the uh, race of Dubai, which is great. Yeah, so it, yeah, Adrian Moronk has jumped from 184th uh, two weeks ago yeah. to 64th in the race to Dubai standings, which will yeah. do him lots of favours. Yeah. Um, yeah, thinking back to our our uh, magnificent seven or our kind of tantalising seven for They're the doing season. All right. Yeah, Richard Mansell's had three. He made the last three cuts. Yeah. Um, and and starting to kind of move in the right direction. Maverick Ancliffe similarly, um, and some of the others haven't quite been as consistent but we've had uh, I think Callum Hills had a, a top 30 finish again and remains in the top 30 in the race to Dubai after his, his strong start season so yeah Scott yeah. Scott Segrist Robin Scott Segrist Scott Segrist sorry he's had a yeah. couple of decent results as well of his last yeah, few events he started well in uh, at the weekend in Tenerife um, and then I think he, he shot over par in, in on the second round which is just not something you're able to do um, in this, you know, no. on that course, it was set up quite nicely. You had four rounds in the sixties. I think everybody in the top, top seven did that, um, and the only guys that made it into top ten shot level par on on one day of their their four days. So, yeah, yeah you need to you need to be ready to go low. Yeah, um, not afraid of going low. I'm I'm absolutely petrified of going low. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what it would mean to go low. So. <laughs> I'll not worry about it for now. But yeah, yeah, it's been I, the 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 bits and pieces I've seen um, look like it's been. It looks like the sort of golf course that if the wind gets up, it it's a very different test, and and the players have been been quite lucky with it. So more of that, I guess, this week with the is it the Canary Islands Open? You said that's right. Yeah, course. yeah, that's yeah, right. We'll, um, we'll come back to that. We'll we'll do a quick whiz round of the events coming up, um, because on the on the LPGA Tour, uh, Brooke Henderson won the the LA Open um, a couple of weeks ago 
she uh, nicked it or, or beat Jessica Corder by one to win her 10th title on the LPGA, which um, is fairly impressive. And then the kind of beginning of the Asian swing in Singapore saw the HSBC Women's World Championship um, take place and, and Hyo Joo Kim um, won it at 17 under. Hannah Green um, stuttered towards the end and, and looked to have kind of victory in her, in her own hands. Um, I think, was it Shibogi the last two? Yeah. Um, to lose it by one. Um, so Joe Kim picked up the victory there. Um, and yeah, it was kind of... The LA Open, I enjoyed. That looked... That wasn't a, a long golf course. It wasn't no. challenging for the players in that regard, but it was... It just... It looked quite nice, and there was there was risk and reward in a lot of the holes. There was, if you missed it in the wrong place, you were running away on short grass or had a really difficult chip shot. What, what I quite liked about it, it was... Um, I know Corda finished second, but she really sort of separate herself from the rest of the field over the first three days and was sort of miles ahead really mm. um, going into that final round but just didn't do anything on the final round I think she shot one over in the end and Brooke shot four under um, to come and nip her but it, it just it separated and it was quite interesting the first couple of days I think it just um, really demonstrated those who had good course management uh, I think a couple of them tried to really sort of dominate the golf course and just got shown up. It's not the type of golf course you could dominate. So yeah, it was really good. I, I've got to say, I've, I've enjoyed watching some of the women's golf. I did see a little bit of Hannah Green. I've got a soft spot for her. Um, mm-hmm. we, I saw her at the uh, at the Open, at Ladies Women's Open at uh, Woburn a couple of years ago. She was very sweet to my little girl at the time. Um, uh, in fact, as as they all were, even Shibuno. Charlie Hurl and all of them, Lexi Thompson too. Um, but um, I, I always keep an eye out for her, and she's had a she's had a good run. She had, I think she was third at the LA Open and obviously second this week. And she started the back nine. I think she had uh, birdie, an eagle, and a birdie. Uh, but just yeah, unfortunately, 17, 18, two bogeys to drop to drop back one behind. Huju Kim, who who, I, who we don't know a huge about, but apparently she dominated on the LPGA Tour uh, last year during COVID. A couple of wins and mm. a load of top ten. So. Um, not a surprise. Not you know another another good uh, Korean Korean golfer coming through. But um, they've got an interesting week this week because they go to Thailand and obviously Patty. Oh no, Tava- <laughs> Ta- Ta- <laughs> You've not you've not given yourself a run up in. I haven't. But, but basically, Tavatanakit. Pa- yeah, there you go. Tavatanakit. There you go. Lovely. I knew you'd know. Um, <laughs> she she's going home, isn't she? For the first time since yeah, yeah. A and A inspiration a few weeks ago with her first major. So that'd be cool. Yeah, that was that'll be nice. Um, yeah, it was interesting, and I don't know the answer to this, but I, I spotted that there was no Americans in the top ten on the LPGA tour the weekend. Um, so the highest uh, American was Brittany Altamore in t- a tie for twelfth, um, along with Amy Yang. I don't know when the last time it happened, but I thought that was that was kind of interesting to point out. Hannah Green, um, last two weeks she finished tied third, so behind Henderson and, and Corda. Um, in LA, she's obviously finished second here in in Singapore. So might just quite fancy herself to go one more um, in Thailand at the Honda LP Junior. But yeah. I think yeah. it's I think these Asian events are no cut kind of not necessarily cash grabs, but they're they're certainly points grabs for the players involved in them. Um, well, you know, you finish in bottom here. Amanda Tan in bottom. She's got three and a half grand. Yeah, that's all right. No, that's not too know. bad. Um, Daniel so Kang, got... I mean, uh, I, was because I was looking, there aren't many big Americans, but Daniel Kang was there, but she had a difficult week. She's mm. sort of right down the bottom of the yeah, It's kind of, it's a slightly tricky one because it's 
there's two events there's Singapore and then obviously Thailand this week and then it's right back in for a kind of run into the US Women's Open yeah. um, at the beginning of June so yeah, you can, I can understand some players not making that trip and like even you think like Hideki um, Matsuyama started doing some of his public appearances in Japan this week because he'd been he'd been in isolation since he'd flown there immediately after the Masters so um, yeah travel restrictions are I guess playing a, a part in some yeah. of the the feels we're seeing understandable no? understandable yeah indeed um, yeah so as we mentioned on the European tour coming up this week got the Canary Islands uh, Championship at the same course uh, as golf is so hard there's no uh, you know those players that have finished top 10 I mean the week just gone at the Tenerife Open there's no guarantee that they'll be able to repeat that trick and, even, and similarly those players that missed the cut um, might just find something in the next couple of days that um, sees them to a a decent result so it should be it'd be fun I think to see different weather conditions um, after it's been relatively comfortable for the players I wouldn't mind seeing the wind get up a bit just yeah, I, just look, I looked at the stuff. wind you know, I was looking at the wind a bit earlier so I think it's going to be like early 20s temperature wise and the wind's going to be it's going to be blowing up 15-16 miles an hour so I don't know what that, that was compared to the last few days but might be a little bit a little bit steeper I think yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. It is one of those. If the wind does get up, that's going to become difficult. And it's not. It's not an easy to say. It's an easy golf course because it's slightly shorter. Because you know, a lot of the there's lots of hanging lies. You know, ball below the feet, ball above the feet. Um, you know, greens above and below where you're you're hitting into and stuff. So, and the greens are pretty severe and pretty sloping. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not it's not easy by any stretch uh, of the imagination. But um, you know, just have to. Just have to wait and see what uh, what what it brings. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Looks, like the you... weather looks unbelievable. Really, to be fair, I should just look at it now. Did yeah. you see um, Tom McGibbon? McKibben, um made his professional debut um, at the Tenerife Open. Is also in the, the Canary Islands Championship, so he's out of Hollywood Golf Course in Northern Ireland. Yeah, uh, the same place that produced Rory McIlroy, and I think he's eighteen or nineteen years of age. That's and right. he's similarly well. He, obviously, there's comparisons with with McElroy because of where they've both kind of grown up and, and gone from so yeah might be an he, to kind he of missed the cut he was a couple of shots I think he shot yeah he, he shot to uh, one under par rounds of yeah. 70 um, to yeah. miss the cut but yeah is he, he was is alongside he, Chris Wood and is he gone pro or is he amateur no he went pro so he missed out on the Walker Cup I think um, yeah. missed out on selection so um, has gone for it has gone yeah, pro fair so. yeah fair enough yeah, he's supposed to be a stud, isn't he? Yeah, he's supposed to be pretty good. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how that ends up. But yeah, he, he, the other players to miss the cut and, and shoot two under included Callum Hill, who we've said is having a, a pretty good season, and um, Jorge Campillo, and yeah, Andrea Pavan, who all all pretty solid golfers. So he's in well, it was for yeah. The last, I mean, the French have got to turn up this week because they were dreadful last week. Um, I, I mean, I managed to win our. Uh, our DraftKings League, um, despite having uh, Antoine Rosner, who shot a 78 in the first round. Everybody was like shooting 65s or whatever. Antoine Rosner, who's the, the bookie's favourite for the week, shot a 7 over 78. Um, and I think it was him, MLV, and who was the other one? Who's the other enigmatic? Uh, Longasque, Romain Longasque. Oh, yeah, Longasque, yeah. 77, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, oh. The French have decided not to turn off. They've obviously been enjoying the, yeah. 
the sun yeah. and sangria too much in Tenerife. They're having a nice week of it. Yeah. Um, on the PJ Tour, it's the Wells Fargo um, at Quail Hollow. Big field. McElroy's back after the Masters. Yeah. Uh, Justin Thomas is playing. Bryson's there. Max Homer is defending champion from a couple of years ago. Um, and sponsor exemption number 28 in the world, Will Zalatoris, yeah. who <laughs> still does not have status. And yeah, but he's 28th in the world, so he can rock up basically wherever he wants and, and people will let him play. It's amazing, isn't it? It seems, it seems yeah. like forever since we saw Bryson, doesn't it? Yeah, um, it's, I think it, I think a lot of guys have had it had it off since the Masters, they, yeah. and it's now what well, we got. They've got the Wells Fargo this week, uh, one more next week, and then AT and T Byron Nelson yeah. next week. Yeah, Byron Nelson, and then the which the I don't, and then, yeah, I don't think the next week will be too big. The, the Byron Nelson sort of fallen, fallen down the pecking order. It's kind of one of those events that you know some of the lesser names can. Tend to yeah, um, turn up. It, this is this is where you see different different golfer strategies. The guys that can pick and choose, like Tommy Fleetwood, has said he's he's going to play the week before every major this year, and Justin Rose has previously kind of chopped and changed, and, and yeah. McElroy. Not sure where McElroy's at now. Is he is he rolling in? Is he going to play two weeks in a row? Is he playing today this week and and then taking a week off? It's kind of nobody's fully sure what the the right strategy is. No, um, well, it'd be interesting to see how he. How he turns up. It's been, he's obviously had a couple of weeks off now. Um, yeah. Just be interesting to see what sort of. <clears throat> last Rory, time we saw him, he was missing cuts. Uh, Rory McIlroy has finished outside the top ten just twice in nine starts at the Wells Fargo. So yeah. he's winning this week, right? He's I hope just so. gonna. I um, hope so because he's you know he's he's now fifteen in the world and everyone says it's the lowest ranking he's had for X amount of years and everybody's you know writing him off. Um, but no, it's a it's a good field. It's a good field this week, and Homer won it last year. It's, it's weird, like Zalatoris hasn't played for a couple of weeks as well. I mean, he mm. he he literally was a fixture week in week out, wasn't he? For, yeah, it, I think he he got engaged, so he took a couple of weeks okay. off, I guess, to go on holiday. Fair and, enough. Um, but yeah, Roy McIlroy holds the seventy-two. I'm not to go on about him. So holds the seventy-two holes shoot scoring record and the eighteen hole record. That's where he won his PGA Championship, wasn't it? That's where he won his PGA Championship. Um, And Ricky Fowler, who has slipped outside the top 100 in the world, but has been invited or qualified for the PGA Championship? No, he's been invited. Not entirely sure. He's he's got no status for that. He's just been invited for some other reason. God knows why. It's not not going down very well. And the other ridiculous thing as well, bear in mind he can't play golf at the minute. He's He's 76 to 1. 75 to 1 to win oh, which is ridiculously low yeah, odds I mean he should not... be he should be like 250 to win to one yeah. with it at the minute the way he's playing but. that's not nearly generous enough no um, for anybody oh, that's but, just yeah, but, such poor value but the Wells Fargo is the, the venue of his first tour title uh, back in 2012 so you know I'm just omens are good um, the Qu- yeah Quail Hollow I think is is just it's one of those courses as well. It's set to host the President's Cup. Uh, I guess that's next year. No? Yeah. Um, it's hosted majors. It's. I feel like it's due a major in the next few years as well. Um, I believe. I'm trying to. I, I'm scrambling to find a schedule and I can't. So, <laughs> yes, tw- 2025. So it's got the PGA Championship in 2025. Um, yeah, it's a it's a fun little golf course. It's where Rory McIlroy feels. Um, 
feels very comfortable, so no it's doubt. It's another Carolina well. course, isn't it? Am I, am I thinking that's right? It's another Carolina. I'm trying to think. Yeah, Carolina, North Carolina. God, they've got some golf courses there. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Just yeah. a little trip trip up there. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. so it's a fun course. I think I'm going to start paying a bit more attention to golf again. Uh, got Brett, Brett Fed, British Masters next week, which we'll have a little preview yeah. of. Um, AT&T, Bryson Nelson, and, and then the PGA Championship in, in a couple of weeks. But that's us all rounded up quite nicely, Ben. I think so, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Look, it's been, it's, been a, it's been a sort of a fallow couple of weeks with... Um, with the golf, as you say, gearing up, we've got another major in a few weeks' time, and a good, good couple of events on the European Tour too uh, in the run up to it. So looking forward. To yeah, it. you've got to you've got to pace yourself with these things. You've exactly. got to go up and down. You can't, we've you can't... just we've got to get our golf games going as well, haven't we? You yeah, know? yeah, this is it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. All right, cheers, cool. buddy. Cheers, buddy. Enjoy your week. Speak soon. Bye-bye. Bye, bye, bye.